Hold on to your butts. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two handsome debonair co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Excuse me. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, hello <laughs> gentlemen. gentlemen. Sorry, I was looking for my glass, which was uh, on the floor next to me. Um, so apologies for okay. that. This is the podcast yeah. where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. And if this is your first time listening to us, and God help you if that's the case, you can find us at ReviewedPodcast.com, at Facebook.com slash ReviewedPodcast, and you can email us at contact at ReviewedPodcast.com. Dot com. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about Richard Linklater's film, Dazed and Confused. You're getting air from there, man. It's no good. It was the last day of school. Uh, Miss Crawford, I was thinking that maybe you and I can get together over the summer. I mean, it'll be legal. It was the first day of summer vacation. Do you guys know anything about a party here tonight? No, sir. It was a time they will never forget. There's a new fiesta in the making as we speak. I thought he was cute. Oh, that's this he thought he was cute? Do you realize when he graduated, we were like three years old? If only they could remember it. Okay. So you're not going to go to law school? What do you want to do then? I want to dance. So Dazed and Confused is an interesting choice, Mike. This is your pick for a variety of reasons. Mm. One, uh, this year we just had the spiritual sequel to this movie come out, a movie called Everybody Wants Some, uh, which is kind of in a very similar <laughs> format and style of Dazed and Confused. Which no so, one seems to have seen or talked about. It's like it came, well, I mean, it came and went. Um, I mean, have you seen it, Dave? No. Okay. I want to. I want to. <laughs> there you go. I mean, people have seen it. I, I've heard uh, some critical talk about that film. And uh, Dazed and Confused also fits very well timing-wise because it's about the last day in high school in 1976 at a high school in Texas. And uh, this is right about the time when schools are getting out. We're, we're approaching the end of school year, the start of summer. The uh, School's out for summer, guys. So it is a very fitting movie choice. I don't know if you planned all these tie-ins, Mike, but... Took two weeks. Absolutely. It takes place two weeks before I was born. There you go. Two weeks before Dave was born. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're a bicentennial... A little bit of Dave trivia for the you're week. You're a bicentennial <laughs> baby. Um, and, you know, I think I actually... I, I feel like I watched this, like, directly on the day that it was supposed to take place uh, in the film, which I think is pretty cool. Um, it felt very... Timing-wise, pretty neat. Did you warg back to 1976? Oh, not the year. <laughs> the date, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I see, like, the, the day of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, tra- I, I traveled back before I was born and then watched this film. So uh, all very interesting stuff. And uh, getting uh, into what actually this movie's about, it's a 1993 American coming-of-age comedy film, and uh, it's basically just a large ensemble cast as they go about the uh, last day of school and the party and night that follows. Um, so the interesting thing about Linklater as a filmmaker is that he's kind of allergic to plot in a lot of his movies. Like, um, <laughs> I got that sense. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, not all of his films, some of his films follow a more, uh, traditional three story arc, that kind of things. But the ones he's best known for, or the ones that I think are quintessentially Linklater have this kind of flowing feeling to them. Uh, so I have a lot of thoughts about this film, um, both when I first watched it and now, but I'm not going to babble on anymore. I'm going to jump right to Mike, who chose this movie, oh, yeah. and I want to hear how much you hated it, Mike, so let's move oh. on. <laughs> huh. Hated it, huh? Hmm. I mean, that's just my assumption. I am I'm totally... Uh, um, um, I'm going to guess he's okay with it. He's okay with it? Yeah. Dave's, Dave's pretty spot on. I, was okay, I would say okay to like... Um, Ooh, that's interesting. In a way, it was true. I mean, I, didn't, I was never alive during the 70s, um, but in some <laughs> way, it was very nostalgic in a way. Like, um, it rem- actually, I, and I think the reason why is it reminded me a lot of uh, Wonder Years and Freaks and Geeks, which are both kind of like the same idea, just in different different eras, right? You got one, uh, Wonder Years was, and these are both TV shows, obviously not movies, but um, uh, Wonder Years was in the 60s. You got, I think, Freaks and Geeks is the 80s, and this is in the 70s. So it's a nice little, you know, like a three part <laughs> get a taste of what youth had it, get a taste how youth had it in these d- three different eras. Um, so, in, in some way, I liked it. I, I mean, I think I had the same issue probably that Ivan did, sounds like, um, or maybe you don't, maybe you're just making an observation. But 
yeah, there's no plot. Like I felt like they're like you know what, what what exactly is going on here? You know, like there are many plots and there are you know themes that kind of stuff. Um, I kept waiting for something to happen, and I I, I I halfway through I'm like I don't think this is the kind of movie where something is going to happen. I think it's just kind of a look into the lives of x amount of kids and just what they're dealing with in their life and and that's it and that's all it was um and i'm not saying that's bad i just think i I kept waiting for something to happen um even still i did enjoy it i think it's like i said it's a neat look into like oh this is what it was like to be alive in the 70s and be that age and uh i think they had a really good uh spectrum of a social spectrum of like you know you got the the dweebs and then like the really dweeby kids and the kids trying to trying to go from nerd to cool kid you got the 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 coolest kids the less cooler but still pretty cool kids i feel like it's a good a good mix of um a lot of different social circles um seeing what hazing was like because i feel like that's not legal anymore like (laughs) i'm sure it is but i feel like it's kind of going out um but i mean this kind of stuff's going on now i'm like god if this is going on like today people will be up in arms people go going nuts but like that's how it was i feel like everything was very unregulated in the 70s and to that point was weed even illegal at that point? Like, I don't, I don't know yeah, the history yes, of marijuana. Yes, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't It didn't really seem like it was. Like, it seemed like it was frowned upon, but not really illegal. You know what I mean? No, I mean, uh, I think that what you're getting at is kind of indicative of how I America... Think illegal is illegal. It was illegal. No, no, but, like, I just think that... Dave tried. Yeah. Not that it should have been. It just was. I just think that the... Um, the I mean, if you're arguing about what is this movie actually about, I think you could argue that Days and Confused is a thematic representation of the end of the 70s leading into the regulatory nature of the 80s. So, like, the 80s is the rise of Reagan and the rise of D.A.R.E. and combating drugs and the war on drugs and all that kind of stuff. And this is almost like that last hurrah before, like... It all like so. The '60s is full of hippies doing freewheeling crap. The '70s is kind of you know maturing a little bit past that. You start getting the anti-Hollywood movement. You start seeing a darkness in the '70s that wasn't really present in the '60s. And then the '80s hits, and uh, that's when it was gonna and it was gonna be radical. I mean, that's what they said. It was gonna be a <laughs> radical time, and uh, I mean, some of the styles of the time. I think we probably say were pretty radical. Yeah, so uh, I think that, I mean, that's somewhat, and I'll get more into that a little bit. Let's, let's move to uh, Dave, and I'm very curious about your thoughts of uh, on Linklater as a filmmaker. I mean, I know you're a huge film buff, and um, what are your thoughts of him? Do you consider him to be the auteur that so many other, you know, that he's often viewed as? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, the movies of his that I really love are the ones that everyone seems to cite as his best, which are the Before series, Before mm-hmm. Sunset, I'm sorry, Before Sunrise, Sunset, Midnight. I think especially the first one. I mean, I, I, a lot of people seem to be kind of gravitating towards the second of that trilogy, the, the sunset one, that one that takes place in real time where they, they've caught up with each other like, you know, nine years later. My favorite is actually uh, Before Midnight. but continue. Before Midnight, yeah, yeah. A lot of people like, yeah, it's it's, it's, hard, it's a hard choice. But I, the one I, I mean, we're talking about narrative and story. I feel like Before Sunrise is one of those movies that really has uh, a narrative. It's just, I mean, it's just two people walking around talking, but there the tension comes from like, um, you know, you know, is this relationship going to work out or not? So, I mean, there's an actual, you know, uh, there's actually something to grasp onto. Well, with Dazed and Confused, it's like a, a bunch of different things. Like the thing to grab onto with Dazed and Confused is the vibe. You know, like it's trying to create a vibe of what it would be like to graduate high school in 1976 in Austin. And it's the same kind of thing that uh, I think American Graffiti was going for like 20 years before that, which was George Lucas's first movie, which was nostalgic for the 50s. Or, what wasn't know, his first like, movie? TK. Right, right, right. You're right. It was his second movie, but it's his first big breakthrough. Right, he was nominated right. for best director and everything, and um, and so I think I think if you're I think most film fans would compare Dazed and Confused with a movie like American Graffiti, and I'm not sure what you can you know maybe now for for this generation maybe American Pie. I guess. I mean, I, um, I, don't, I, don't know. I think Can't Hardly Wait is definitely a spiritual. Uh, really, Can't. Yeah. I've never never seen that. It one. also takes place in the last day of high school and a big party, and it's about different social sects coming together. So yeah, absolutely. okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so I saw Days, Confu- Days and Confused, and it was the first movie, strangely enough, it's the first movie I remember seeing in film school. So I started film school in 1994, in fall of 1994. Sorry, Fast Times as well. I think you could also argue right, right, that right. similar. But yeah, yeah, but I guess if we're just going to go to, to high school, school students in a day or something, you know, maybe The Breakfast Club falls into that category. There's, I mean, there's lots of different, you know, there's tons of different high school movies. I think Days and Confused falls into the category of like the the, the best of them. Because it's it's walking a tricky, it's like it's walking a tightrope. It's a tricky uh, it's a tricky act to pull off. I think where it, 
you know, R- Richard Linklater is asking you to really kind of invest yourself in a movie where, as Mike was saying, there's no real narrative. There's really nothing that happens. The only thing that happens is these kids get out of school and they go to a party all night, you know. But I, I think what makes the movie work for me overall is just that, you know, I like all of the almost just about all the characters in the movie and I, you like hanging out with them and you like what they're talking about and you like listening to them, you know, so there's not much of a story. So it's, it's not the kind of movie. It's the kind of movie that could fall apart very easily. If you know, you didn't, if you don't like, if you don't like the characters don't have a certain amount of charisma and, and expertise in acting. Right. There's a movie that, uh, that Linklater made a few years later called, um, waking life, which was innovative for the rotoscoping. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, that movie, I remember, you know, the, the funny story about, for, the, for at least for me, about that movie is I remember seeing that movie in a theater with like five other people, and one of them was asleep and snoring. And, you know, that movie was like critically praised at the time, but it's a movie I could never get into. And it's it has the same kind of vibe as... It was the, th- it was the stuff that was drawn over, it was rotoscoped, rotoscoped yeah. over all the footage. But yeah, it has yeah. the same kind of feeling as Days and Confused, where it's just a bunch of people in different situations talking. Not all the situations are connected to each other. Uh, but Days and Confused, I think, um, you know, there's at least... Uh, you know, there's enough in on most of the characters that I can say, like, yeah, I understand that guy, I understand that character, and I think you're supposed to really the, the, the protagonist of the movie maybe is supposed to be Wiley Wiggins, which uh, the, the guy who plays um, the kid, the kid Mitch, the guy who plays Mitch, Mitch, Mitch. Mitch. God, and 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 I mean to that point, he's the worst actor of everyone. Oh I, no, he, I disagree. I think he's oh, fine. Oh, I'm Man. on Mike's uh, Mike's no. camp here. I think he's awful. I think oh. he's uniformly awful. But no, I, I disagree. Yeah. I think he was fine. I still he was I a star of Waking Life, so, so I, like he, I, I wouldn't kind of... I wouldn't watch it if, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it. Yeah, I think he I I liked the presence. I think he brought, but as far as like acting, he had a lot of awkward, stiff. Yeah, I just wasn't buying well, some scenes. I mean, but I think it still works for the movie. Well, to get I mean specific, there's a drinking, there's a famous drinking game in this movie where every time he touches the bridge of your nose, you're supposed oh. to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every time he touches, uh, every time he touches the bridge of his nose or flip or messes with his hair, you're supposed to drink and you'll be intoxicated within the first like 30 minutes. So yeah, um, I, don't know. I thought he fit right in with just about everybody. But I mean, my my thoughts on Days and Confused is um and. I actually um, like this movie, and I I, um, I like a lot of Linklater stuff, and it's really weird because I tend to be very narratively and structurally focused on movies, and for some reason, Linklater manages to do this thing where, like Dave mentioned, you just kind of enjoy hanging out with these people, and he does... I think it's amazingly interesting because... On paper, I should hate every one of these characters. These aren't me. I mean, I, I, I wasn't the guy that was the jock or I, you know, smoked pot in high school or, or drank. I didn't do any of those things. So, you've, you know, in, in general, it's almost like I shouldn't relate to these people at all. But for some reason, I do. What about the Adam, Gold, oh, Adam Goldberg car? Uh, of, <laughs> the, of the characters, I think. By, all... by the way, I've been told that he could play me in a, in a movie. So I feel like either Ben Stiller or Adam Goldberg. <laughs> Can, can do it. it was actually frightening seeing him on the screen. I'm like, oh, oh my god, Queenie. My girlfriend was actually freaking out too a little bit. Like, oh my, oh my god, because you don't see his face for a while, and then he turns around and she's like, oh, oh my god, yeah, that's that's pretty scary. I, I think that all three of us would probably have been in that car yeah. if we're gonna yeah. if we're gonna be yeah. hanging out yeah. with any of the clicks in this movie. We're definitely gonna be in Adam Goldberg's and Anthony Rapp's car, and yeah. I don't know who plays Cynthia, but it's Giovanni Ribisi's twin sister. Oh, boom! I didn't know that. That's a fun <laughs> fact for you. Um, so, I mean, yes, I, I do kind of relate to them a, a little too. bit. Marissa. Uh, <laughs> but the, the re- here's what Richard Linklater does really well. He can write stupid or he can write people that aren't the most intelligent, but without being condescending towards them. Like, he, if that makes sense. Like, he, um, he, yeah, the jocks might be dumb or whatever, but they're still likable and relatable and understandable. He's not making fun of these people. He very much... Linklater, I think, is very much was one of these people. He played baseball in high school. He was probably a bit of a jock. He probably, you know, went he went after girls. He smoked pot. He he drank. He, I mean, this is kind of his experience, and that's why he's writing about it. So I, I think that he does a good job of kind of transporting you into that world and making you understand uh, what it was like to a certain extent. I also don't feel like the movie is necessarily realistic. I think it captures a vibe like you're talking about, Dave, but I feel like everything has kind of got this idealized lens of how cool it was at this time and the crazy adventures you'd get into. Because, I mean, let's be honest, if you put a realistic uh, view onto this movie, uh, you know, some kid's probably getting in a car accident for driving while drunk or, like, it's just the, the... they're kind of invincible in, in, in a certain way, in, in a way that feels idealized for 
how cool like okay so this movie makes you want to go hang out with your friends all night and drink beer and have a good time it never shows you the hangover that results afterwards and i think that's a really important distinction because that's not what richard linklater wants to do he wants to capture the joy of that time without showing you the the stuff that sucks about it um so i guess that's my take on uh dazed and confused in general um so yeah let's kind of talk about these characters a little bit and which ones work which ones don't which ones feel um i i think we should start with probably i think the most seminal character of the movie and he's such a minor character and i think it's interesting that matthew mcconaughey's wooderson has had such a long pop culture um you know life son because i mean you watch this movie and for some reason because of how popular that character is and and the the quotes he has he's in this movie so little really Mm -hmm. i mean he's got basically like five lines almost i mean he's a few more than that but he's got like three major quoted lines he's got all right, all right, all right. And he's got uh, the, about the high school girls, you know, stay being the same, same age. age man. And, of course, my favorite or being... The same it'd be a lot cooler if you did, man. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. So I guess, uh, how does, why does Wooderson, how does Wooderson stand out and become the iconic character of Dazed and Confused for a movie that is filled with other characters, filled with them? I think part of it is just because the, you know the, the the fact that Matthew McConaughey went out went on to have probably the most successful career out of but anyone. But Ben in this Affleck movie. isn't quoted from the movie, and Affleck. he's got just as big of a role, probably a bigger role in the movie. Uh, yes, as, as yeah, I'd say he's a bigger role for sure. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, well, I mean, it's because uh, McConaughey's got a very cool vibe. You know, he's got a very dude. Cool, he looks like a pedophile. Like, he's got the you're, stash. You're trying, like, I mean, what, what when, the hell? well, uh, yeah, the look of the, maybe the look of him, but when you when you uh, you know the way he acts is the kind of you know it's, uh, maybe maybe the way uh, if you were going to act like one of these characters, you know, in some way that you know, I'd rather I'd rather be the guy who was just like relaxed and taking it easy as opposed to the guy who was like filled with rage and had to hit freshman kids you know if i was gonna pick one of those two guys i think i'd probably pick the mcconaughey character yeah, i don't know if you would <laughs> all right <laughs> you've always struck me as a very aggressive angry person well, anxious maybe i mean the character the character that uh you know it's to me it's clear that adam goldberg is 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 the closest that they're going to get to me somewhere between it uh, it, was, anthony, it was a joke you're, so, you're the, somewhere <laughs> between adam goldberg and anthony rapp is is where i lie on the spectrum of this movie where it's like I was, you know, in high school, I feel like I was always outside, um, kind of observing. I like I like the scene where they're like outside observing this hazing ritual of the uh, the girls. You know, when they're when uh, they're they're kind of leaning up against the car and they're drinking a coke and they're watching like the the freshman girls get hazed by the girls who are about to be seniors. And uh, that's you know I remember being like that like oh what's with all these weird high school kids well, I, I, being you know, in high school. I really like those three characters, obviously because I identify with them, but. One thing that Linklater doesn't do is he doesn't make them he doesn't make them social outcasts either. Yeah. They're kind of nerdy and whatever, but they're still talking to right. the cooler kids. Like they still go to the party. They still <laughs> go to the party, and it's kind of like my experience with high school. It's not like I was picked on abjectly in high school. I could talk to cool kids. Like I wasn't I wasn't socially inept, and I feel like nerds in film are often portrayed as being like socially inept asthma inhaling losers and that's not who these people are they have different interests and different focuses and they're not jocks but at the same time they can still kind of they can still exist and be recognized as being on the same playing field Mm -hmm. and i like that a lot and i think that kind of speaks to this kind of what what link later gets right about the social dynamics of high school um and i think that's really important like i there is one sequence where that the one jock kid like He's walking in the hallway and he like like uh, tries to fa- he like fakes out a nerd by like pretending to punch him. Oh, uh, Sa- Don was it Sa- Sasha Jensen? Sa- I forget his character's name. I'm trying to remember. He's or- one wearing overalls the entire movie. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think other than that, the, the Jack he's like the Jack Black looking guy. It's like <laughs> kind a skinny of, Jack Black. A skinny Jack Black. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's very interesting. Uh, that Linklater does this. And I, I think that everything I've read about Everything Wants Some is a similar thing. It's like he focuses on these jocks, kind of cool characters, but at the same time, he's not painting them as guys that just beat up dorks. And I think that's important. And I think that would prevent it from being like a 90s sitcom Saved by the Bell sort of thing, uh, which I which I, I, I quite like. God. What? <laughs> oh, God. What? 
Saved by the Bell. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like that. That's an example of um, heightened high school. This oh, idea yeah. that there's cool kids and there's these crazy nerdy I mean, kids. Yeah, that- but but I mean, there is. They are chasing freshmen around with with paddles, cricket paddles. So I mean, that is a little heightened. I mean, unless that was actually going on. I have a feeling that. Linklater did watch kids get beaten with paddles. It when felt he, like it was pulled from reality. This was yeah. totally pulled from. And I have a feeling Linklater is one of the guys doing the paddling, or at least watching <laughs> and laughing, no. because he's he, Linklater isn't isn't in high school. He's not the nerdy kid. He's just not. Yeah, I, I always thought that Mitch was his, was a uh, Linklater, the the kid. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen to that kid. He's, he's like fourteen years old. He's probably going to. You know, he could go on to play some kind of sport, but he, he might, plays baseball. I mean, Mitch, later became a filmmaker. You know, he didn't go on to you know. Well, I mean, he played baseball in college. I mean, he's a, true. He, I mean, he's he's not. He, Linklater wasn't a dork. And uh, the thing about you don't have to be a dork to be a filmmaker. That oh, mm-hmm. kind of you do a little bit of. A dork. <laughs> uh, have you seen filmmakers, Dave? Uh, Looking at one right now. Oh boy, mm-hmm. um, I agree with you. I think that the cipher for Linklater in this story is Mitch. Uh, he obviously he plays baseball, but I feel like Mitch is set up in this movie to go on to be a pretty cool high schooler. Like he's being picked on because he's a freshman, not because he's uncool. Mm-hmm. And I think those are right. very different things. Um, and, and you know, after he does get his beating, which is actually a pretty uh, intense scene, uh, I very feel like, yeah, <laughs> it's a little, a little rapey, yeah, uh, how yeah. it's shot. But I mean, he's kind of accepted by everyone after that, mm-hmm. and. He ends up making out with a chick, mm-hmm. and he ends up, you know, his sister's hot and cool, and he, I think it's established that he's probably going to play baseball for this high school. So I, I think that's important that he's not, like, he's awkward and nervous in a way that a 14-year-old is because he just doesn't know a lot of things yet, but he's, like, he's obviously going to be cool, I, I feel like. All right. Uh, but I don't know if you disagree. I, I would agree, because I feel like he's kind of, um, he takes the steps to be the to kind of break out of where he is, right? He's he's taking the chance to go hang out with people. And actually, I think the decision he makes that's key is he decides to take one for his friends when they tell him, like, hey, you should leave out of the left field fence and spare us. We'll go the other way. Mm-hmm. He does that. Like, I, me in that situation, I'm like, the hell with you. We're all going out together. Like, and if they get one of us, like, sorry, that's how it is. But I think he kind of, he steps up and he's like, you know what, I'll, I'll take one for, literally for the team. And um, I think if he doesn't do that, he doesn't meet um, the quarterback. What is his name? Uh, the one who pink, pink, pink yeah, yeah, yeah. Randall Pink Floyd, right? Right. So, so he doesn't meet him, and then he doesn't have that friendship, and then he doesn't get invited out. And I feel like things change drastically from that point, right? Um, I think it's his friendship with Pink that kind of gets him that that way into the the social circle. Him taking the beating like like a quote unquote like a man, mm-hmm. and then uh, being able to kind of move a little more freely that way. Yeah, not like a pussy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a question for you guys. It's kind of a sidebar. Were any of you, either of you, in a fraternity? In college, no, no. like no. Were you, okay. Dave? No, no. But my, I remember going into college. My dad was very keen on me joining a fraternity, thinking that that would be. I mean, that was his experience. My mom and dad. Finally, they were, I can make my boy a man. If he just joined <laughs> yeah. the fraternity. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what what they were thinking. He honestly. saw your big long trench coat, and long hair, and he's <laughs> he like, like, "Dude, you've got to join a fraternity." Join I fraternity, did not have please. that that year. Actually, <laughs> that was not until my second year of college. Oh, I'm sorry, Dave. I got the timeline <laughs> incorrect. No, no, I'm sorry. That was that was. We've like heard enough Dave Glenn's trivia week to week that we should have I, known that. I think I, I started like. growing my hair out like somewhere in my first year of college. Anyway. Yeah, I definitely didn't have a trench coat at that time. Yeah, I mean, it's good to know. That's, it down. I mean, whenever I watch this movie, I'm just you know, it just I understand the uh, process of like violence and like I don't know. There's like a there's something about hazing and violence and uh, ritual that they kind of intertwine with each other that never appealed to me in any way when I was thinking about going to college or even in high school. It's like I don't want to be a part of that stuff like i don't i don't like, i don't feel the need to bond with people so badly that i'm going to go through uh you know, yeah it's, it's hellish experiences like in some even way if it's short it, it mirrors the bonding uh you experience playing sports and the bonding experience in war i feel like it's those two things so in some way it's kind of the same thing right it's the same idea of like you and other people you know have kind of went through something together that was traumatic and horrible or difficult um, and you've kind of established a bond because you were both there for each other in a way, you know. So I feel like in in some way that kind of reflects those very two very you know stereotypically masculine things as sports and in combat, right? Um, and I think that the, it's the same kind of idea that can bring people of disparate backgrounds 
and form bonds between them that probably wouldn't have formed otherwise. You think? Right. I mean, exactly. like, how, how, what are these bonds like? Where, like, you know, are, are Mitch and, uh, like, who's one of the guys who beats him that... So, so Mitch is, is the freshman, and you have three. Uh, I, I actually, I'm a little bit confused if they're juniors that are about to become seniors, or some of them. They're are... rising seniors. Okay, so they're rising seniors. No, no, Except for... no, no, no. They they just graduated no, no, grade no, no, no. school, think, and now think... they're going to become freshmen in the fall. In right, right. The younger ones are about to become freshmen. They're 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 going to become freshmen. Right. Yeah. And uh, the other ones are about to become seniors in high school. Become seniors in high school, which you know right. I remember watching and thinking that they they were done with school and going on to college. But I guess it makes sense. They're well, being... Pink is talking about the coach is obviously talking about him playing right, next right, year. So. Right. 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 Yeah. Right. I mean, do you, so except you, for Wooderson, who's obviously the guy that's graduated. I apologize. So do you see yeah. these freshmen that are getting beaten by the two B seniors? About you see them being friends. In the, the next year or year after that, on these no, I think there's, you're going like, to be friends with them. But I think at be... that point, they upperclassmen have respect for them. It's like, hey, you took it, you took it like a man. You know, right. you. Yeah. I, that's I that's you the down. kind of thing I hate. That's you know, that's the kind of thing. It's like I hate it or love that, it. That's how w- that's how a lot of it is is done. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, as as much as I, I love this, this movie, it's like it's that kind of uh, well, it's interesting bonding it's, that I that I really despise. It's kind of like I think a lot of it is it is about power too because I feel like the the rising seniors now are it's like oh I remember when I got my ass kicked by the seniors at the time like now I'm one of those big bad guys I gotta go around and and, you know this is my time now I'm gonna rule the school I'm gonna put these little kids in their place I feel like it's it's for them it becomes this thing where it was interesting when I was in high school it was the kind of when you were a freshman all the seniors kind of like poked fun at you right but they weren't really serious about it by the time you got to sophomore everyone became a bunch of jerks because they weren't freshmen anymore. And then they were like, oh, let's give it to the freshmen when they come in. By the mm-hmm. time you were seniors, most of the kids in my school were just like, they didn't care. Everyone was, you know, it was kind of like you got a lot of that stuff out of your system. You're going off to college. Like, a lot of that stuff was kind of solved or those problems kind of solved themselves. But um, I feel like I it was the freshman to sophomore thing that I saw that the most. Well, I think it's important to understand who these people are and what their future is probably going to be. Like, sure. I agree with you, I agree yeah. with you Mike. Like, I, when, I mean, I was a senior in high school I obviously wasn't confident enough to pick on anybody, but at the same time, it just just doesn't interest me or wouldn't interest me. But I mean, you flash forward 10 years in Pink's history. He's working at a used car dealership and he's overweight. Like that's who this person is. Head buddy. (laughs) And and Wooderson, I'm guessing, was super cool in high school. And look at him. He's he's dropped out of junior college. He uh, works for the state government kind of, I guess, and hangs out with high schoolers still. So I don't think that I think that Linklater is kind of saying that in a, in a, in a certain sad way, this is going to be the best time of their lives. And, and especially for someone like O'Bannon, who's, who's failed, uh, he failed senior year. So he's like, he's already been a senior and he gets to be a senior again. Like that's Ben Affleck, right? Yeah. Ben Affleck's yeah. character, like that character, like the reason he's so violent is because yeah, he screwed up. He's got, yeah, he kind of well, knows. I, I feel like he knows that this is it for him yeah. and he's trying to hold on desperately to the one time that he is superior to other people because it's not going to be, much better for him in the future. So I, I think that's important as well. And I guess what I'm kind of digging at with this movie is th- the reason I, I feel like I should hate this movie, but I don't. And the reason I somehow like a lot of Linklater's movies is, like Dave said, they're all about kind of hanging out with characters and people. But there is deeper stuff here, um, I feel like. And I think that you can view this movie on a very superficial, like, hey, it's cool, it's hanging out. I can totally see, like... I can see high schoolers and stoners really liking this movie. But at the same time, I think that there is something more here that would a, a more cinephile audience can appreciate. And Linklater somehow manages to straddle that ground between pretentious arty farty and somehow appealing to the common guy, which is what I really like about him. I don't feel like he's a filmmaker that comes off as super pretentious ever. And a good example of that is he- like... He, he knows his characters well too. I think he gives everybody a, a nice dose of humanity, right? None of those characters feel well. I mean, I guess they're limited in so far as how much time, how much screen time they have, but they all feel like I understand that he kind of gets who these people are. Like he kind of understands who they are, um, except maybe Affleck. I mean, well, I, not no, 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 I think Affleck. he gets Affleck. Oh, I mean, I think I, he's, okay, I take that back. He's he's the only one who I feel like who feel doesn't like really f- get the humanity. Like, I, he does though because I feel like it's like he's a really sad character. Yeah, like okay. when he get, when he gets the paint thrown on him and he has that okay, freak so he experiences out, humiliation. So. He experiences humiliation, but the reason he's so upset is because they humiliated at the one humiliated him at the one time 
when he felt like he was invincible. Yeah, it, it's a it's a total chink in his armor. I find that scene pretty sad. Yeah, and, and yeah. really depressing uh, for that character. And I feel like that shows the humanity to him. I feel like yeah. Slater Good is point. the character that never gets that moment. The stoner, he's totally used just for yeah. comedic stone. Like, but but I this- but I like him though. I think I, I something about him is very endearing because he's just so he's just always so high that yeah. I, I don't know. No, but I. But- I I think you're right about Affleck because at that point you like there's two points I think where you see the weakness in him right it's it's that scene with the paint by the way he does a fantastic job of handling that like as as far as uh, delivering that that uh, not delivering it um, uh, acting it for lack of a better word um, in that scene but also that when when he gets a shotgun pulled on him for yeah exactly. he turns into this like like oh hey I'm I'm really sorry like a little kid all of a sudden <laughs> now granted yeah it's a shotgun but. <laughs> I imagine someone like him would have, at least, you know, if you're a real tough guy, would kind of just like stiffen up and kind of slowly like, hey, sorry, back up. But he completely goes in this polite, like, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, whatever, like whatever it is, you know. So there's you remember definitely... these are only like 16, 17 year old kids, you know. Like... Right, exactly. But still, I mean, I, the point I'm making is that you, yeah, right, that 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 you're seeing that he is still a kid. He's not an adult. Like he's not as tough as he appears or, or portrays himself as. Yeah, uh, and I think that is important um, for a lot of these characters about who they are. I, I think that it's Cynthia, right? She's the nerdy girl that Wooderson likes. Rubibsy's uh, sister. Uh, yes. So yes. I think it's interesting with her um, because, yeah, she likes hanging out with her guy friends, but if some older guy finds her attractive, she becomes kind of like this schooly, like, she becomes a very girl stereotype. Giggly, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I think that's really interesting because she's young and she likes made, being made feel like she's attractive. Um, and then the the uh, O'Bannon's counterpoint on the female side is Parker Posey's character. Mm-hmm. Like when her authority is called into question at the party, and because, again, this is something that she, all that she has – too, you know, she's the one that's aggressively hazing because this is what she's got. And I think that is very different than, uh, you know, now that I think, actually, I'm, I'm starting to go back on what I'm saying here because now that I think about it, I feel like the female characters aren't given the depth that the male characters are at all. Yeah, uh, yeah that's true. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, it's definitely written in the, from the male perspective. I mean, it's... Totally so. And I mean, because who, who's the, who, what, what female character is given the most depth? I think it's Cynthia of all of them. Uh, maybe. Or the sister, the older sister, perhaps. Uh, Jodie Kramer. Of, kind of. But it, what does she do other than tell them go easy on her brother? Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> and, and Joey Laura and Adam's character is just, uh, I mean, so I, one thing, this is, I guess, a criticism of the movie is Linklater is so in love with the pink character. Like pink is obviously the guy that he idolizes in this movie Yeah, because there's no consequences for him being a total asshole kind of in the movie. He cheats on his quote unquote girlfriend. Um, and his, his, the big conflict in this movie is kind of ridiculous. The big conflict is whether or not he's going to sign a paper about not doing, not smoking pot for a summer. Yeah. Uh, which I think yeah. is, and, and the big challenge of the movie is them all, whether or not they're going to get Aerosmith tickets at the end of the movie. Because yeah. that's what they're going off to do. And I, I think that's both, I think that's interesting for two reasons. One, I think it kind of focuses on what it's like to be a kid. It'd be a 17-year-old kid. I mean, getting Aerosmith tickets is super important to a 17-year-old. Like, that's a life-or-death situation. Like, it's almost comical about the emphasis they put on that kind of thing. But at the same time, you could also argue that it it gives the movie a lack of depth in a, in a way. Like, yeah, I mean, it, you compare this movie to something like The Breakfast Club and where everything seems so operatic and, like, not life and death. But, I mean, <laughs> there's definitely, you know, John Hughes movies definitely had a more of a... Uh, of a seriousness and tone, even though they were meant, even though they had kind of a, a lot of light moments and, um, you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of what the real, uh, difference is between like the Linklater high school movie and the, uh, oh, John I, I think it's totally because the, uh, the John Hughes high school movie is very self-serious. It gets right. to a point. It's really self-serious yes. and almost a bit cheesy. Yeah. Um, yeah. because it's all about emotions and your feelings. Right. And I don't think Linklater gives a shit about that. Right. They're very, I guess those characters in, in Hughes movies are very aware that, uh, this is a very serious time in my life. And like, this is the moment, right? These guys in Dazed and Confused, just, they, they don't really kind of seem to be aware of yep. the fact that like, this may or may not be the best time of their lives. Well, John, They're just kind of... I think we as the audience are meant to understand that, but I right. agree that the characters don't have that realization. There's never a moment where, like... Sorry. Jesus. Where John... Uh, or Pink's character, like, reveals that he, like, was molested as a child or beaten or suicidal. <laughs> right, like, right. there's never that, like... Like, in Breakfast Club, the Ali Sheedy character doesn't talk... Doesn't she talk about... Or, sorry, um, not Ali Sheedy's character... Um, Emilio Estevez's character talks about how, like, his dad beats him. Like, there's never that moment in Days in the Confused, you know? And I think that that is 
I think that would destroy. The, I think that if you were to ask Linklater why he didn't do that, he'd be like, "Man, that would ruin the vibe of the movie. It'd yes, ruin my buzz." And that, that's what <laughs> I was kind of getting at earlier when I said, "Like, I was waiting for something to happen. I thought there was going to be some kind of a tragic car accident, or someone's going to overdose on drugs, or someone's going to get you know drinking driving at something." Nope. And then as nope. soon as I thought about it, I'm like, "No, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen in this movie. It's just not. That's not what it's about. It's, it doesn't. It doesn't have mm-hmm. that that vibe. It doesn't have that feel to it. No." And uh, it'll probably be like I was going back earlier. What I was saying is it'd probably be more realistic if it was. I mean, they were all intoxicated driving around at night. You think that someone would, would something bad would happen to somebody? And uh, you know, if this was a John Hughes movie, when they're climbing the moon tower, Wooderson falls and dies. That's right. what happens in the yeah. John Hughes version of this movie. Oh, yeah. And as the sun rises, they all come to grips with their own mortality. But that yeah. never happens. <laughs> that never happens in this movie. And I don't. I I I kind of think it's stronger because of that. Because it's just not the movie that it. It's not the movie Linklater wants to make he uh, he he wants to make a movie about how much fun it was to be a senior in 1976 in an Austin high school so uh yeah I guess uh that's my my take on that uh any other thoughts you guys have about Linklater in general I mean Dave what did you think about kind of getting off topic a little bit um but what did you think about Boyhood which came out uh oh I love Boyhood I mean it's yeah I know and I know you're supposed to love Boyhood because it was like the critical darling of that year, but I mean, I, I really did. I mean, it's like, and it's not a movie I've come back to. Um, I've, I've watched it two. I think I've watched it twice, uh, and it's not the kind of movie that I would just want to always sit like, 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 like it's not going to be the kind of movie that I sit down and watch it at any point. I feel like it's the kind of movie I want to revisit like every few years, much um, like the film itself. Much like the film itself, right? <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I feel like that movie. Um, Gaines has has a narrative, you know. It, I mean, it, it has a, at its core, it's about a boy growing up. So, I mean, that's the narrative, um, and so I think that you know, for me, that it, partly one of the reasons why that movie works better, uh, you know, than a movie like Days and Confused. I mean, as much as I like Days and Confused, um, Boyhood uh, feels like um, feels like feels like he's saying something serious without being too self serious, you know. Whereas Days and Confused is just like a and, you know, not really saying too much that's serious, I guess, you know. Well, I, th- I think that that's a really good thesis of what makes Linklater great. He can say serious things without coming off like a prick about it. And yeah. I think that's important. And Boyhood, I liked a lot. In fact, I, um, you know, you try to pitch me on it. Like, I hate anything long. Yeah. And I think in, I was engrossed. I was engrossed by Boyhood yeah. throughout the entire iteration because, uh, it, it's you know when you get past a certain age you start to reflect on the nature of time and life and, and how things change and how people change and and and, and growth between interactions and, and so forth and I and Boyhood captures that in a way I don't think any movie ha- has ever done and yes it's a gimmick that that movie is about a boy growing older in real time like you're seeing the same actor grow that's a gimmick but it's a really goddamn good gimmick it's it's done really well sure Mm -hmm. like how I mean how has nobody thought of that before and kudos to him for pulling it off and and I think I find most fascinating about that character that movie I'm going too much on a tangent and I apologize but Ethan Hawke's character in that movie it's also about his growth as a Mm -hmm. character and how he kind of evolves into the dad he should have been at the start of the movie, but wasn't, and I think that's really interesting. It's so. also it narrows its focus, whereas you know, Days Confused has like a pretty, it, it, uh, a wide swath, I guess, as a word. I mean, it's you know, it, it's like it's like those movies like American Graffiti or maybe Robert Altman movies in the seventies, like Nashville or Mash or or a movie like Shortcuts, where it, you know, it's it's lots of different stories, and uh, you know, some of those movies kind of come to a head in a way where everything's connected. I don't I don't really think this movie. Does I mean I guess you're supposed to kind of feel it when when uh, Randall Pink uh, when Pink doesn't sign the paper right there's supposed to be some kind of catharsis there I feel like it doesn't really I don't work I for me you well, know but but uh, it doesn't really matter because you know the, it um, I don't know yeah it, it didn't really it didn't, didn't bother me enough I mean maybe there's a, a reason why I don't uh, love like I'm not in love with this movie but uh, I really like it a lot. <laughs> and you know maybe it's because it, like I don't really feel like oh, any man. kind of emotional payoff. You know? my, my favorite thing about Dave is he has <laughs> um, he can't like he is so particular about like saying lo- like he is like he's like. He's very particular about calling movie. He, his two, Dave's two big words are love and masterpiece, and he's very he's very particular about the movie he grants. And he those uses titles. the word masterpiece like, really strangely for really. That weird sounds like picks, the title yeah. of a Prince album, <laughs> "Love and Masterpiece." Love and masterpiece. No, I agree. I feel like that moment. If we're going to talk about parts that feel a little bit cheesy, it's the fact Pink not signing that form is a little bit of like a. 
he's st- like the stand up to authority, like no right. man. Right? Yeah, I could care I'm gonna less par- about it. I'm gonna yeah. party, and it's like a the coach character <laughs> is such a stereotype anyway that it never like it makes no sense that. He would show up at that moment anyway at 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or whatever the next morning. It's just that whole sequence I feel like doesn't work at all. But um, you know what? I'm go- that Pink is the character. He's your Facebook friend who thinks they're saying really deep things in their status updates, <laughs> like in their, their wall posts. Like yeah. That's Steve Pink. And that moment for him is very profound for that character. And I don't want to demean that from that, but for the audience perspective, it's kind of like, yeah, you're kind of dumb, but whatever. <laughs> you know, I'm cool with that. And something about me, something about it just doesn't ring true in the sense of like, I don't think the coach is like, okay, fine, you're not playing. They yeah, need exactly. him so badly, they're going to be like, all yeah. right, fine, well, I'm going to keep my eye on you, man. If I see you starting to slip, it's going to be some kind of like, I, I just don't see that it's really that consequential. I mean, clearly the guy can party and play at the same time. I don't understand what the big deal is. Well, they all can because they've all signed that form and they're all going to continue drinking. And, uh, yeah. You know. It's like, you know, So it's not like, it's a very interesting uh, thing. Also, the drinking age, 18, apparently. Yeah. That's why I was wondering about the weed thing. I'm like, maybe things were just more relaxed back in the day. Everyone could do everything. Um, yeah. Uh, do you uh, want to go into why? Uh, Wiley Wiggins is the worst actor ever or no? <laughs> I think you no. nailed it when you said the whole touching of the brow and hooking oh, really? a hair behind I mean, the ear. The, I mean, <laughs> I, 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 this is a partially a, a personal issue. I don't like busy acting. I don't like when actors do things mm-hmm. like um, I, Mark Duplass is a care, an actor who, I, I mean, I like him a lot as a filmmaker and I think he's a really good writer and I think he's an okay actor, but he has this habit anytime he's wearing glasses in movies to constantly push up the uh, the the bridge of his glasses and everything he's ever done where he's wearing glasses he's constantly pushing the uh, like he did this movie called uh, the one I love which is a movie I like quite mm-hmm. a bit and he the series um, his HBO series which I also liked quite Togetherness. a bit Togetherness uh, every scene in that movie he pushes up his glasses in those shows <laughs> and it just it drives me nuts because I feel like it's such an actorly convention to do um, but that could be a personal thing for me because obviously you guys don't have problems with it but yeah <laughs> um no but i yeah. agree with you I, I i don't mind when ticks when it's like certain things if it's if it's for the character if it's a busy character right this kid is not a busy character this kid should be scared shitless and i don't i don't see like the whole bridge of the nose thing he like oh my god like what i just like, come on what are you doing man you're trying to be cool know. like i guess he's well, in some way it works because i think he's trying to be cool but He's not. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I knew enough kids like him. You know, like he, he. There's something about his performance that came across for me where I'm like, oh, I, I, I knew kids like him. I knew kids with long hair that were kind of skinny and very busy with their, with you know, had a lot of ticks and manner, mannered, uh, manner, mannerisms, things. mannerisms. Yeah. Yeah. To play devil's advocate to myself, I mean, you could make the argument that, like Mike was saying, in his efforts to not look uncool he's going out of his way to like do motions and mannerisms that like he's trying to act cool is what you could you could argue so i, I agree mike that might be a good way to look at but it but i don't Maybe. think that's what the kid was doing i don't think oh he, i don't either i think the actual could... kid in real life was trying to be cool and it just happens to work <laughs> for the character yeah and you know it's interesting that he's uh, such a good pitcher because he looks like such a skinny guy like a skinny like unbuilt kid which is very interesting to me but well, anyway. baseball players at, at weren't stage, always though. like steroidal uh <laughs> you know athletes yeah, the, it was the the, the rise of uh, big baseball in the 90s i guess that did that um any final thoughts on dazed and confused guys uh you know as we as school is out for summer uh, I, w- I want to give a little shout out to nikki cat the actor do you guys have you guys seen this guy in anything else uh, the, he's the guy who plays the motorhead that uh, Adam Goldberg fights with in, in the uh, near the end. Uh, no, no. Well, it, it was. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about the for whatever reason he's just one of those. Hey, it's that guy's. Uh, well, I'm like, oh, I like that actor. You know, it's like I don't really love him, but he's uh, he was on this show called um, Boston Public. He played this teacher. There was. It's just oh, one I remember that show. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Fox show. It was um, that was about, by the guy who did Ally McBeal, the the famous creator of Ally McBeal. David Kelly, yep, right? That's yeah, that's David Kelly. Yep. Um, yeah, no, he's one of the actors that popped up in a lot of different things. He was in uh, Christopher Nolan. Uh, uh, he played a cop in Insomnia, this Al Pacino movie that Christopher Nolan directed. Yep. Uh, uh, a bunch of different, bunch of different things. Anyways, well, this it, cast is really interesting because it uh, straddles um, straddles the line between young faces that end up becoming humongous stars mm-hmm. to young faces who you never saw ever again, right. which is very interesting. Uh, I guess with the cast as large, that was bound to happen. Very interesting. Also, I should mention that the score is incredibly full of incredibly popular, uh, popular music. Oh. I mean, and, and almost, almost to the point where the, the score is almost cliche. Yeah. The soundtrack. Yes, it yeah, was. Sorry, not the sound yeah. score soundtrack. I mean, 
some of the choices are incredibly on the nose. Like oh, yeah. as they get out for summer, they play schools, schools out. Up. And dude, every mm-hmm. single one of those songs I feel like was used in the Wonder Years like five years or ten years earlier. Like I, I, I can remember yeah. the, the promos on TV for the Wonder Years and then playing these songs. Like So I feel like, yeah, super cliched, super already But like, done. you know, you know, going with slow ride. I, I feel like you found the perfect song to open the movie. I mean, for me, for me, the that opening sequence is one of my favorite opening sequences of any movie, honestly, is that the, the, the Aerosmith Sweet Motion sequence where they just you just kind of get the uh, feel, feel of the kids yeah the feel of the kids and school and it uh, you know it sets the scene and I just you know love the slow motion of the car uh, along with the uh, the bass riff of uh, Sweet Emotion it, 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 I, maybe it was just like a very vivid moment for me watching that in film school I'm like wow this, this is the kind of movie we're gonna watch in film school well <laughs> I mean in 19 I mean it's pretty cool I mean I just know that like if I were to see a movie nowadays that use these songs of like guys come on come up with more original music choices but right. maybe in 93 right in the is, 76 it, it doesn't have that same yeah. connotation retro 70s stuff was just kind of hitting its stride in the early uh, 90s i mean tarantino stuff you know That's reservoir dogs yeah yeah and coincidentally i think that this is uh, on tarantino's like top 25 movies of all time yeah, so um, there you go um yeah, yeah so <laughs> uh, Mike's favorite filmmaker tarantino. <laughs> no i was like, just saying i mean this is good i would top 25 come on Linklater's got some weird uh, uh, fetishes. Uh, this isn't my favorite. I mean, my favorite Linklater movie. Tarantino. Sorry, T- Tarantino. Yeah, mm. sorry. Uh, mainly feet. Uh, but uh, <laughs> my, I mean, my favorite Linklater movie is probably Before Midnight, maybe Boyhood, somewhere in the, one of those two. I'm um, going with that Before Sunrise, but that's just because. That whole trilogy is pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Um, Mike, what's your favorite Linklater movie that you haven't seen? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, uh, I started watching Before Sunrise at the first one. Yeah, yeah, were they? And something happened. I just never finished it. Now, and I'm here listening to you guys. I'm like, God, I need to finish. I've heard so many good things about it. Well, of the trilogy, that's my least favorite, uh, but I still think it's pretty damn good. It, it um, felt too not to get off on a tangent, because um, we never do that on this podcast. But not at all. Um, <laughs> Laser focus. It's, <laughs> it seems like a little too unscripted. Like I need, I, I need to be, I see a little bit more. I this like is the Linklater thing. I know, this is what I know. he does, and, and I, I like having a little bit more structure, a little bit more. Um, when it seems like there is something being crafted versus like, ah, we're just going to roll and see what happens. So I think that's what kind of lost me, but I'll, I'll give I, it a shot. I, I feel like you should finish it, and I'd be very curious what you think of the sequels, which I think are more interesting because they... Yeah. I, I just... I, I know a little bit. I know the first one's kind of like them falling in love, and it sounds like super cheesy cliche, whatever. And I think that's why it didn't grab me. I'm like, this is every romance movie ever. But I heard the second the second and third are a lot more interesting about like you know them later in life. And well, I just feel after, like 20-year-olds... Like, I don't think there's anything less interesting than 20 year olds like i just feel like <laughs> i don't know about because, that because uh, i mean maybe cliche and cheesy but it, it's it's very heartfelt and honest at the same time so. i just i just yeah i'm just i i don't <laughs> i uh, yeah the, the naivete of it just doesn't doesn't resonate for me anymore and it did when i was 20 so obviously mm. it does i think i've just evolved past it and i find i like oh it looks, you have evolved i have <laughs> and, I, and I, I like looking at relationship movies that deal with love and relationships in a more complex way yeah and i agree because that that's yeah life is th- not all happy running around like things shit gets real in life and i want to see movies get real Hey, shit got real in uh, Before Sunrise. It does a little bit. But yeah, anyway, we're, we're babbling too much. Um, I, I did look at the calendar, Dave. If you want to push back Independence oh, Day no, additional I, week, you can, if uh, you'd like. Because, just do it. We're just going to do it. Just, well, I mean, it. If, no, we, no, no. if we do do Independence Day, we would be doing we're it. We're do doing it. We're do, we'd be doing it the weekend after the sequel comes out, if you want to do that. No, no, we're, we're do doing it. We're, we're do doing, doing it. Do do it. I'm excited. Uh, so our next film we're going to talk about is going to be Independence Day, a movie I've watched a million times. <laughs> Probably could quote it from beginning to end. Um, yeah. And I'm excited to talk. It's that about movie where they just hang out with aliens and they, you know, it's a... if Linklater mm. made that movie, that's how it would go down. <laughs> it, it would be uh, it would be uh, Will Smith offering the alien a joint, but like it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing Independence Day next uh, because there is a sequel. What? What? Ten year, we're talking 20 years later, guys. We have a sequel <sighs> to Independence Day, Independence Day Resurgence. Um, Dave was you know, texting me this over email, and I agree with him. I was looking at the summer docket of movies, and I could not be less interested in the movies coming out this summer uh, from a blockbuster standpoint. feels like an old man thing to say, but last summer I didn't remember being this <laughs> you know, I'm excited. Of course, I, I was in the midst of having a, my, having a second baby, so... I was, um, I mean, I was excited to see Captain America Civil War this summer because yes. I'm a big Marvel nerd, but 
you know, you look past that and I'm like, I'm done. Like there's nothing on that docket that really like grabs me. Yeah, so. You weren't, you're, you're not into born. So I, like I mean, I, I think the born identity is great. I love the born identity. And right, I even like, uh, I even like the second one a lot. Uh, I feel like the third, just kind of a rehash of the second. That's my mm-hmm. issue with that, that, that trilogy. But, and I think the born, whatever the, the, the Jeremy Renner born, I think is somewhat unwatchable. Yep. So, um, I mean, I, it could be great. I don't know. I just, we shall see. Uh, Mike, any final thoughts on this? Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on don't go to my, my website right now it is a flaming pile of burned oh, HTML go, go, going okay, there right here we now. go no it's don't, it's nothing there you can't even get in there really? um, yeah I gotta get I gotta re and I'll tell you what I'm gonna plug Squarespace right here because at first glance it seems like they holy made, fucking like, shit your you website looks terrible yeah, you think they are, yeah it's uh, a hot mess right now holy shit what happened I, yeah, did you say it's not menstruating <laughs> what <laughs> That's what it sounded like you said. I know. I definitely did not say anything even remotely close to that. Um, <laughs> interesting. Um, yeah, so anyway. I, I well, that's a quote of the day. Well, space, it is true. So. It's not the website is not menstruating. That is true. That is true. That is, yeah, Dave, I'll confirm that for you. It's not currently. <laughs> that may change. I don't know. Um, so for the meantime, just find me on Twitter, at uh, Mike Morandi, or um, also on Dribble. Just search for me on on Dribble. Nobody go to MikeMirandi.com. Don't do it. Don't go there. I'm going to get the most hits in my life right now, and the site will not even be up. People are going to be taking pictures of it. It says photography. It says photography. It's like like a soup. I do. I I don't even know what I don't even know what happened. They had to disable my plugins because the freaking servers couldn't handle it. Hostmonster.com. Don't use them. Completely unhelpful. Portfolio three column style three. Take a screenshot of this. This, this is going to be the head, this is going to be the header image for, for the show. Talk about dazed and confused. This website is dazed and confused. Yes. Good God. All right. So yeah, Dave. Where can people find you? Oh, passing the mic to Mike. Uh, Dave Glanz on Twitter, G L A N Z, and DaveGlanzProductions dot com. Um. What am I talking about here? Yeah, oh, my name's Ivan you? Kander. You can find me on Twitter huh. at I-V-A-N-K-A-N-D-E-R. And if you haven't had enough of my annoying ramblings, you can read my writing at shortoftheweek.com. And shortoftheweek.com. Top of the morning. Short of the week. Oh, boy. Short of the week. Short of the week. That has evolved so past the point of a bit that makes any form of sense. <laughs> that we're in hey, a different man, the realm best memes right are like that. How about that boy? Oh, shit, what up? Yeah, check it out. It makes no sense. That's what I like about Jet Mike's jokes, man. They uh, get <laughs> We get older, they stay the same age. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my website is lucky9studios.com. Uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Um, until next time, guys, get ready for Independence Day. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that apathetic side. Yeah. Did you say it's not menstruating? <laughs> what? What? <laughs>